2: Welcome, Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services, and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline.
0: For the weekend of Friday, April 22nd, 2022, you're tuned to Hour 3 of the Into Tomorrow radio broadcast during our 27th year on the air. Bringing you further into tomorrow, I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. You sure? The way you say it sometimes just confuses me. Sometimes I'm sure. Okay, very fine. we got some tech news and commentary for you, then uh, Robert standing by and others to join
1: us on the program. Do not go away. lot to share with you. According to a new study, the rate of serious injuries at Amazon warehouses in the U.S. is more than twice as high as those at other non-Amazon warehouses. Oh? Amazon employed 33% of all U.S. warehouse workers in 2021, but was responsible for 49% of all injuries in the industry. Uh, this is according to a report published this week by the Strategic Organizing Center, SOC, a coalition of four labor unions. Uh, they analyzed... 2021 injury data that Amazon submitted to the Labor Department's Occupational Safety and Health Administration. I was going to say, they've got to be one of OSHA's favorites. <laughs> yeah. In 2021, there were 38,334 total recordable injuries at Amazon facilities. And among those, roughly 34,000 were considered serious injuries where the workers could no longer perform their regular jobs or had to miss work as a result. Oh, interesting. Be careful if you work at Amazon. Yeah, well, it just goes along the lines of of all the stories we've heard the last year or so of the terrible working conditions in Amazon warehouses. Yeah. But Jeff Bezos keeps flying people to almost space. Yeah.
0: Good luck with that. Amazon, in spite of it all, has reportedly been recruiting designers, computer scientists, researchers, and other professionals for senior positions on a project that will use extended reality technology to create a new smart home device. Hmm. They're not saying a whole lot about it, but advertisements have emphasized animation and 3D design backgrounds. So stay tuned. We'll keep you informed. Hmm.
1: According to a report by the Wall Street Journal... Delta CEO Ed Bastian said that the airline has tested out SpaceX's Starlink technology. Oh, The report calls the tests exploratory and says there weren't any further uh, details, but it does seem like one of the major U.S. airlines is at least interested in Elon Musk's satellite Internet service. In July last year, SpaceX said that it was in talks with several airlines and that it was trying to, quote, get that product finalized to be put on aircraft in the very near future. So we'll see what happens, especially as we, uh, you know, we typically fly Delta on our trip. So we'll see if uh, by the time we go to IFA, if they've got Starlink. That would be interesting because we haven't flown in two years like most people. Well, I've we've
0: well, flown we a little to, bit. We, we flew, flew to CES. Yeah, CES in Vegas, and I had a chiefs of police convention to fly to. And so, but for the most part, we haven't flown very much at all in a couple of years. But when we have flown, most of the time it has been on Delta, and previously we were using uh, GoGo, right? Go-Go. GoGo in flight. So I wonder if
1: uh, we can use Starlink's thing. Yeah, because has always been terribly slow. And, and a lot of that could be just the fact that there's so many people on the plane sucking up the bandwidth yeah. <laughs> that, you know, it's slow. But
0: True. We'll I've had some decent coverage or decent bandwidth sometimes, but then
1: typically as you get into the flight – then it starts to suck. Yeah, because we had we, we had GoGo accounts when, when it was first out and first put on the planes, and it was great in the beginning because nobody else was using it. Right. But then once people started finding out about it and getting it and paying for the service, it slowed way down for us.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's bad. Speaking of something that's bad, uh, there's a, a sound panel behind you about to fall and hit you in the head.
1: Okay. I'll uh, have that taken care of. Well, I'll, will you? I'll, I'll submit a request with building management to have the maintenance teams come in and
0: But see, that. you're also the network's technical director, so shouldn't you just take care of it?
1: No, it's a union job. We don't
0: have any unions here. Give me a break.
1: I worked for Amazon. Yeah. Instacart is doing more to limit the damage from customers who shortchange drivers or shoppers in Instacart lingo through tip baiting. The service is introducing tip protection for shoppers that covers up to $10 if a customer eliminates their tip after delivery without reporting an order problem. Now, this won't always cover the full tip and suggests earlier initiatives such as requiring feedback on zero tip orders weren't effective, but it should prevent couriers from suffering particularly severe financial blows. Because that's always been a big thing with people that that do a, a large tip when they do like an Instacart order. Yeah. And then once their order is delivered, they kind of take the tip back. And there was no delivery problem. Right. They're just being exactly. cheap. Yeah, and that's why it's that term tip baiting. So they do a tip oh. so that they they can ensure that their order is taken care of, and then they just go in and, and remove the tip.
0: So now Instacart's going to make sure that they cover the driver
1: tip insurance up to ten dollars if yeah. if a customer r- removes the tip without reporting an actual issue.
0: Wow, what a shame! People, don't be so cheap. Special thanks to the while-you-were-working smart brief and Shannon V for pointing out a story about the speed of sound on Mars. Apparently, sound waves travel a wee bit slower on the Red Planet. On Earth, for example, sound travels 1,115 feet per second, or 340 milliseconds. While on Mars, sound travels 787 feet per second, or 240 meters per second. Isn't it kind of rad that we have the technology that can determine such a factoid? It is. How do we know on Mars? We haven't been there how fast or how slow sound travels. We have equipment there. Robots and rovers.
1: and Yeah, I guess that's how we know. But I think it's pretty cool that we even know this info. Yeah. In fact, it's. Uh, I want to say this last past week was the first anniversary of the. I forget which it was called. It was like the little helicopter that that took a flight, the first, uh, you know, oh. flight on Mars. And
0: this. now we, we hear. I hear people screaming at their radios, telling us what it was called because it was a cute name.
1: Yeah. What the heck is it called? I don't know. Whatever it is, it's a year old now.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the rover chopper. No, that that that's not it. Oh, that would be a good name, though.
0: Yeah, but it was—I think—wasn't it named by a student or something? And they came up. Oh, come on, you should be going nuts here, looking for that as we speak, so we don't go to our call without knowing what this is called, because we have to know. It was a very, very clever name.
1: Ingenuity. <laughs> it was very ingenuity. Inge- ingenious.
0: So, yes. Yeah.
1: So ingenuity.
0: Well, yes. thank you. We heard <laughs> listeners screaming at the radio, and we got it. So happy birthday, Ingenuity. Robert in Miami listens online, participating by clicking the Ask Dave button. We love you for that at our site at intotomorrow.com.
1: I have an interest in developing my own Android apps for phones, and uh, I did some minor programming in the past in Wildcat Basic, if anyone out there still remembers what that is. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really done much in that field in a long time. But I'd like to get involved in building custom apps for Android phones possibly just for myself. Can you point me to the right direction? For resources on that and instructional materials? Well, Robert, what you'll need will
0: vary a little bit, of course, depending on what you want to build. But roughly, you'll want Android Studio, which is Google's IDE, which means Integrated Development Environment for Android. Android Studio is pretty clunky and heavyweight. Think something like Eclipse, if you're familiar with that. But it does the job and comes with plenty of useful tools. After that, the main source of documentation will be Google as well. Their documentation site can be found at developer.android.com. Now, Google has added some basic courses, if you will, which are really not courses on that site. But you can at least browse through some sample code, read their guidelines, and go through their developer guides.
1: Yeah, outside of Google's own documentation, the usual resources apply. Uh, you, if you can put up with their overinflated egos and bad attitudes, <laughs> Good luck. Uh, Stack Overflow can be useful, and there are specific Android-only tags and communities within Stack Overflow to dig into. You can also search for the user Android Developers, all one word, on YouTube for visual tutorials. Uh, You'll find plenty of tutorials online as well if you have a specific build in mind. So searching for something similar to what you want to build may give you an idea of what steps will be required and help you get started on your own project. Yeah. Now, you can also check out our app for Android
0: and our app developer, Dimitri, because we've got contact info there, and you can drop him a note and say, hey, you love the Into Tomorrow app, and can you pick his brain a little bit? Maybe he can be of help to you as well. Check us all out at intotomorrow.com. Into tomorrow continues. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Graveline, our 26th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech, products and services, gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of things available today. and into tomorrow. And we thank you so much not only for listening, but I pre-thank you for calling in and participating because your calls, your participation really makes into tomorrow what it is all these years. So don't hesitate to join us anytime 24-7 at your convenience. And let us know if you've got any questions about consumer tech. Maybe you want to help another listener. Maybe you want to share some tech rage or share with us your favorite apps these days and why. Whatever the case, so many easy ways to participate, of course, using the free Into Tomorrow app. Just search those two words in your favorite app store, Into Tomorrow. Our next guest is with a family technology company that designs and manufactures solutions to bring families together and keep kids safe. Like if you're watching the video at intotomorrow.com, and if you're not, by all means, come visit us and see the video. So not only you can see our guests, but see what I'm holding up and see the junior track Two watch. Very, very cool. The founder and CEO of Cosmo Technologies is Russell York. Russell, welcome into tomorrow. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Thanks,
2: Dave. Good to be here. Appreciate you having me.
0: It's a pleasure to have you joining us from San Diego on the other side of the country. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the Cosmo Technologies Company. Then we'll get into this very cool watch.
2: Yeah, of course. Cosmo a very unique company. Uh, this is one of the first, maybe the only true family technology manufacturer in the United States. Uh, oh. We identify just a massive hole in the market where... Uh, there's a lot of technology out there. Your show is all about consumer tech products. I'm sure you guys have seen just about everything under the sun. Um, this might be something you haven't seen before. It's a product designed for kids that are very young, under 10 years old. This is a, a device to give to a kid that's maybe not old enough to have a cell phone. And uh, and parents are looking for products like this kid's smartwatch specifically because it, of what it can't do. It doesn't have Internet. It doesn't have social media applications. It's really just a device that's geared toward parent-child communication. It comes with all kinds of great features that parents are looking for, like GPS tracking, calling and texting. Uh, and you can imagine the benefits of being able to call and text your your seven-year-old, uh, pick up from school, pick up from soccer. It's, it's an application that makes sense for families. Uh, and surprisingly, Surprisingly, it, uh, it really hasn't existed until very recently. And so we're proud to be a part of a family technology movement here at
0: Cosmo. Boy, I'm liking that whole concept because it's like, hey, mom, dad, football practice is over early uh, because of the weather. I'm ready to come to get picked up and go home. Uh, you might not otherwise have the ability to do that. So how is it that the Cosmo watch uh, can have that easy communication and yet provide that safety of not letting the kids be on anti-social media, among other things?
2: Well, that's right. So our, our devices ship uh, pre-installed with a SIM card and we provide a, a family, uh, family-safe uh, wireless network. So Cosmo offers the actual network coverage for these devices. That means it, it comes with the GPS tracking uh, ready to go out of the box. It comes with the ability to call and text. Uh, and so it's really a standalone phone. It's a, it's a phone on your wrist, uh, and, uh, but it's, it's completely locked down. It's a parent-administered and a parent-controlled device uh so it, it's it's really just streamlined for uh two-way calling between uh parents and kids or guardians and kids that parents approve so grandma grandpa aunts and uncles uh babysitters and so on uh you you can whitelist a a, a circle of approved contacts the most important people in a kid's life they should be able to reach out to and contact but uh, it's operated on a, a wireless network uh that uh, works everywhere in the country
0: so terrific. Now, this is basically a kid's smartwatch, and they always want the tech that everybody else has. In many cases, even the younger kids teach the older folks, uh, which could just be their parents, let alone grandparents, how to use a lot of the tech. So, of course, they want to have a smartwatch for them as well. So is there like a, a, an easy-to-use keypad on the watch, uh, or are there some speed dial numbers, that sort of thing, where they can simply call mom, dad, grandma, that sort of thing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a touchscreen device. So th- this will operate a lot like an Apple Watch or a similar wearable that you might have that has a screen. And so, it's, you know, it's a, it's a touchable interface. You're probably not going to see this super well on the on the screen here, but uh, several different apps that you can tap into. It's got a pedometer. Uh, it's got, you know, obviously the ability for kids to uh, uh, see their, their own, you know, physical activity during the day. It's got a clock face on it so kids can learn to tell time or or just know what time of day it is which class they need to be in but yeah it's operated through a touch touchscreen touch screen interface
0: terrific so it makes it easy for the kids and comfortable for the parent and you mentioned that of course built-in gps which is also encouraging because while most parents and guardians and grandparents aren't going to really let the kids out of their sight they're always not in your site. Uh, it, might, it might be, you know, a, a sport practice or something like that. You just want to have that peace of mind to know that they're on the field with the team where they're supposed to be because you had to drop them off and go get the other kids or, or that kind of thing. And you can at a glance, apparently, I'm assuming with an app uh, on the, the parents or guardian smartphone, see where they are and even communicate with them.
2: That's right. We, we have a, a parent mobile application that works for Android and, and iOS devices. Uh, and this comes with all the, the tools and features that parents use, including the GPS tracking. Uh, and so from, from the parent mobile app, you can see where your kid is. You can do real-time tracking. Uh, and, and that's also where you can call and contact the device and, and see anything else that uh, your kid is doing, including you can follow along and see how many steps they've done in a day. Uh, we have a lot of parents telling us, you know, we, we didn't really understand why we would want this device because we do see our, you know, our very young kids most of the time. We know where they are. Um, but what we've started here is the kids are taking back the neighborhood. Parents are letting their kids hop on a bicycle and go visit a new friend or uh, get over to the, the community park to play basketball with their friends or whatever it might, might be simply because they have the confidence that once the kid ar- arrives where they're going, they can call home and say I'm there. Or you can just pick up the Cosmo Mission Control is what we call it the Cosmo Mission Control parent mobile app and uh, and just see where they are uh, right away in time.
0: I like that mission control. And I also like the fact that you have the built-in pedometer. So I'll bet you a lot of the kids kind of get a kick out of that. It's like, hey, I have walked a lot today. Look at that. You know, it's good exercise.
2: That's right, Dave. I mean, kids want to do what, what they see the adults doing in their lives. And, and every adult in their life that has a phone or a, a smartwatch uh, comes with all these kinds of features, including fitness tracking and communication and uh, and, and, just that ability to have a personalized piece of electronics that, uh, that sort of grows with you. And, and what we see this device as is, is just a, a really soft introduction to technology. It's, it's something that kids feel good about. They feel connected. Uh, and, and it also gives them the, the benefit of feeling like they're part of the team, right? They, they have a device. They've got their own phone number. And for a lot of kids, that's really the biggest highlight. They open the box for the first time. They activate the device and they've got their first ever phone number. Uh, and so kids are memorizing these phone numbers, telling their, their friends about their phone number and, uh, and it's a really special experience for kids. It helps parents to put off getting that iPhone or that more, uh, fully capable Spark device until just a little bit later. It gives parents time to have, to have important conversations with their kids about what technology is and how to approach it.
0: And, of course, as you mentioned, they know their phone number, and they're going to memorize that and give it to their friends. But then again, to reiterate, the parent has to then allow it, right? So they have to confirm right. that it's actually a friend and not somebody that's given them a phone number otherwise, um, and then allow it. Then they can make and receive calls to or from that friend as well as parents or guardians.
2: That's right. The, the contact list is, is completely controlled and administered by the parents or the guardian in that child's life. And that's an intentional decision, right? I mean, this, this really is meant to be a soft introduction to technology. And so to begin with, it makes sense for parents to say, yeah, that, that's an approved contact or that's not an approved contact. Uh, and so there, there is a, a buddy system uh, feature that will be rolling out later this year that will allow kids to actually just, just touch their watches together. Uh, uh-huh. And then parents will get an alert on their mobile app that says, you know, approve or decline this contact. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. Contact lists are and will always be administered by parents.
0: Good. So, that's another feature of mission control that the parents have. So, I I like that. Um, And I'm noticing you're also wearing one, and you're not under 10, I don't think. You don't look like it. Uh, So, it kind of makes me wonder, why design just a kid's smartwatch? Or are you also doing something similar for older folks?
2: No, you know, Cosmos sees the same need for younger and older people. Uh, Technology really has been targeted at the middle generation, and uh, the users at the the beginning and the end of the spectrum um haven't really been given as much attention and so what we've done with the cosmo watch is, is really transferable to to senior applications as well we have we have a lot of companies asking us hey is, is this available with you know an sos feature with the ability to call into a you know a call center for help uh or you know come comes with the the same kind of features that maybe caregivers would want to have like gps tracking or uh, you know the, the ability just to make really simple phone calls. Sure. Uh And so we, we do have the idea uh, in, in the in the next year of putting out a, a senior edition of this device, and we see Cosmos being a company that can support um, customers that really haven't been supported by existing technology options.
0: Well, I can see in another year I might even need something like I've fallen and I can't get up button. Uh, so, so be sure and keep us informed when those kind of things are available. We're chatting with the founder and CEO of Cosmo Technologies, Russell York. Their website, CosmoTogether.com. Be sure and check it out. I'm Dave Graveline. We'll be back more with Russell talking about this very cool kids smartwatch as Into Tomorrow continues. Stay tuned. Thank you very much for tuning in to Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. We're chatting with the founder and CEO of Cosmo Technologies, Russell York. I'm assuming, Russell, that this has begun making a difference for families these days, that the kids are liking it, it's cool tech, the parents have that peace of mind. What has been some of your initial feedback?
2: It's incredible, Dave. Giving a a device to a young child like uh, in the the age range that we're looking at, 5 to ten, five to 12 years old, Uh, I think parents expect to just be able to call and track their kids. But what we've heard from our customers have been just really incredible stories. Kids have intervened in medical emergencies. Uh, Kids have uh, had the ability to, you know, solve solve household problems, overflowing toilets and funny stories about, you know, a, a kid falling down and, and needing help, uh, you know, maybe going to the ER for a, a scrape on their knee. And suddenly it's, it's the kids that are there to save the day. Wow. Uh, we've heard from customers that are deployed to the military overseas, and the ability to actually just call your child or just see where they are is an incredible peace of mind. It, it creates a feeling of connection between parents and kids at a day and time when parents and kids are really being pulled further and further apart and, and partially being pulled apart by technology. Yeah. It's the screens that we're hooked on. It's the, the digital environments that we live in that are, really replacing personal connection. And so we're ironically creating a piece of technology that's meant to counteract that disconnection. It's meant to bring families closer together and filter out what's unnecessary. Uh, And it creates just a a really uh, incredible experience, both for the kids and for the parents.
0: I can hear some of the kids perhaps listening in my head that are saying, okay, but does it at least have any games maybe when I'm waiting for the bus or I'm doing something, you know, can I, can I play with it in some manner as well as it being
1: functional?
2: Yeah, you know, we've made the decision at this point not to include games on this device. We've been very um, uh, attentive to the parents in, in, in our customer base that have said, you know, there are enough screens in our lives, uh, there's, a, there's enough distractions and things that are pulling our attention away and so at the moment, Cosmos made the decision not to include games on these products. Uh, but what we'll continue to do as we roll out more features is is to give parents the ability to decide if they want games. Uh, really, we don't want to tell parents how to raise their kids. There are a million ways to raise a kid, I- including with all kinds of digital technologies and screens, and that's really up to the parent. What we're saying is we want to give you a, a tool that you can customize to your own style of parenting, to your own family specific dynamic. And so we'll we'll absolutely roll out the ability for parents to approve games on the device.
0: Well, wow, Russell, I am so glad to hear you say that. Now, of course, we've got to talk about the price. Uh, no doubt you got to buy the watch, uh, the Junior Track 2 4G kid smartwatch. Um, and then no doubt there's some sort of monthly subscription because it's a cell phone, basically, right? So you're paying for the number. How does that work?
2: That's right. So the Cosmo device is the most uh, uh, budget-friendly device on the market. We're the number one selling product on Amazon in, the, in, in this category for a reason. Uh, we're priced at fifty nine ninety nine, uh, and if you look anywhere else in the market, if you buy a, a device from Verizon or from Apple, you're, you're looking at paying way, way upwards of a hundred dollars just to get the product itself, and then there's a service plan on top of that. So yeah. we've really tried to be uh, attentive to again customers in a broad market that are saying, "Hey, for a first device for a kid, this this should be." really affordable right it, it's going to go out there it's going to get beat up uh it's going to live the life of a kid yeah. and so we've said uh, 59.99 is the right price point for that uh and then our, our service plan started at uh, 16 dollars a month okay. and that includes not just the network coverage but it's, it's also the communication platform between the watch and the mobile app on your phone which is an end to end encrypted service uh it's hosted here in the united states on secure servers uh, we've really gone the extra mile in security. We want the first device in your family's life and your kid's life to be something that's just for you and your kid. Uh, there's no data mining going on from Google or Apple or Facebook that's capturing your kid's data and turning that into an advertising model so they can start to sell them products. You know, yeah. at a certain age, this is really an off the grid, off the map device that's uh, supported on on one of the most secure networks you could hope for, uh, and so that's baked into that subscription
0: price. Good. Well, that should give parents the warm fuzzies right there, too. Not only is it affordable, but their information from the child and to and from the child and the parent and so forth is is safe and secure. And you're not serving up ads either and trying to get the kids to say, mommy, daddy, buy me such and such. I saw in my watch. and That's that's not the goal there. So I think that's very affordable. Now, you say the monthly prices start at what was it? Sixteen dollars a month, I think you said.
2: That's right,
0: $16 a month. And and what do they go up to and what additional features are available then if, if somebody pays uh, a higher tier, for example?
2: Yeah, well, we have a lot of customers. This is a new product category. that just want to try it out and see see if this is something that fits with their family dynamic. And mm-hmm. so we offer a month-to-month, cancel any time, no commitment contract for $20 a month or $19.99. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and that's for customers that aren't ready to say, hey, I'm, I'm in for six months or a year. Uh, but, of course, if you're if you're ready to, to jump onto a, a longer-term plan, there are more aggressive uh, or, or, or better price options for
0: you. Oh, okay. And now uh, that makes perfect sense. And, again, glad to hear you guys doing that, Russell, because it's all about what's going to help the parents and ultimately the child in that sense uh, to be able to say, you know, let's give it a shot. Are you going to like it? Are you going to use it? You know, are you not going to beat it up so much either? Because, as you say, it lives the kid's life with them, and that's terrific. Um, how long does a charge hold on it? a simple usb charger that it comes with of course uh can they wear it all day a couple of days what's been the experience there
2: yeah well we, we understand that uh, as, a, as a device that needs to always work right i mean yeah. at the moments when you need to call your child that that call should go through and so we made sure that this battery will last an entire day of full usage uh, so your kid can go to school and uh, and, and take it out for uh, anywhere they're going. GPS tracking, all those features will function for a full day on a full charge.
0: Terrific. And does it include a calculator? I can already see kids cheating in class. <laughs> I don't know if, if it's something. That's a great question. I,
2: I need to check. Uh, let's see here. Calculator. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if we kept that in it. We, it does, in fact, have a Calculator. Ah. Uh, and as far as cheating in class goes, parents are, are encouraged to use the school mode feature from our Mission Control app, which locks the device down while they're at school, so ah. no cheating involved.
0: Ah, very. So you go, you guys are thinking of everything. I'm quite impressed. We want you to visit Cosmo together com. Very cool website, C-O-S-M-O, together as one word, dot com. Of course, we'll get you there, too, to Russell's site when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. And check out the video with Russell if you're not already watching it, because we're showing you the watch. We're showing you in action as Russell describes various things. Pretty cool. Russell York, the founder and CEO of Cosmo Technologies. We look forward to other cool things that you guys are coming up with. You're doing a heck of a job, so keep up the good work.
2: Thank you, Dave. We'll
0: keep it posted. Ah, By all means, CosmoTogether.com. I'm Dave Graveline at IntoTomorrow.com. Be sure to stay tuned. Visit us often as well. Much more to come right here on the Advanced Media Network. Don't go away.
2: I can't let diabetes get in my way. So here's what I do. I wear
1: the Dexcom G6.
0: Back into tomorrow. Be sure to hit us up at Intotomorrow.com
1: at your earliest and regular convenience. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline, and this portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by Autonomous. How today works from home. See your new home office at autonomous.ai. It's time cooperating from History feature. IFA is one of the largest and oldest tech shows in the world. With
0: this next look back like at IFA's historic
1: past.
2: Here's Chris Grave line With
1: IFA history, 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 history. In 1979 at IFA, or the International Funkausstellung, as it was known then, just because, again, could, I look for any reason to could, say the full could, name. Because you like to say it, yeah. yeah. Uh, the dawn of the vinyl record came. Sony and Philips showed two competing technologies to record music digitally on silvery discs. Hello, Moto. Both prototypes, a 12-inch disc at the Philips booth and a 5-inch disc at the Sony stand, suddenly disappeared during wow. the show. Wow. Wow. This is one of my favorite stories coming out of <laughs> IFA. Uh, secret talks had begun behind the curtain. Really? Yes. The format both companies later agreed to was the CD, the compact disc, which revolutionized the record industry, the hardware industry, and audio listening. So that all took place at IFA. Philips and, and Sony came together wow. and pulled all their, their, their products off display went behind the curtain, and, and people emerged, thought, wait
0: a minute, it, just yesterday I saw this and this, and th- they're, they're not here anymore. And then they emerged, they emerged. together oh, as yeah. is is the compact disc.
1: Pretty cool, if you ask me. Oh, yes. uh, I know. Oh, okay. Everybody yeah. was excited. Well, that's this week's uh, IFA update brought to you by Messe Berlin. Be sure to visit ifa-berlin.com. Do you get our free once a week tech newsletter? I
0: do. I know you do. I'm talking about everybody else listening because if not, you should. It's free. It's once a week. We don't spam you. We don't share your email address with anyone. In addition to tech news, hmm, thoughts, fun things, telling you what's on the show, who's on the show, what kind of calls we're going to address, and of course, what's available for prizes. What's the biggest streaming service on our current tech newsletter? Well, it depends on who you ask. HBO Max is gaining on the big guys, but is it? As Just Watch demonstrates, there is a lot of ways to measure and manipulate video streaming data. Where do they go to get the tech newsletter? Stop by com and enter your email address in the box that pops up right there on the main page. Orlando in Columbia, Mississippi. Are you sure it's not Columbia in Orlando, Florida? Could be. no, no. I think it's Orlando in Columbia, Mississippi, calling in using the Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com.
2: Hey, Orlando. I have an abundance of old DVDs, and I may even have a couple of VHSs hiding somewhere. I was looking for a compact storage system for them where I could record all the DVDs, all my movies, maybe a hard drive of some sort that I could also connect to a television to play. Is there anything like that that exists currently? And I uh, also just want to say that the um, summer giveaway is like a tech nerds Christmas wish list. I mean, I love the uh, items that are on there. But I enjoy your show, and keep up the good work.
0: Well, thank you, Orlando, for the kind words. And, of course, he's right. A lot of folks were saying, this is great because I'm winning stuff that I can give as Christmas
1: gifts. There were quite a few items where I was kind of crying as i was watching the the prize team pack up and mail away because i really wanted them under my tree
0: yeah but you didn't qualify no because you never called into the show
1: that's true well
0: plus you can't qualify anyway but anyway back to orlando Uh, you can store your media of course in a hard drive and stream it to your tv using a media server the most popular free versions are plex and kobe and you can set either one of them up either on a computer you already own, or you can use very basic and inexpensive hardware like a Raspberry Pi. Uh, now, once you have the media server set up, you can control it using your smartphone by logging into the server or by using an IR or Wi-Fi remote, but an IR remote will require some extra hardware. The connection is simple enough. Uh, they'll just plug into your TV and, using a regular
1: hdmi cable there are out-of-the-box solutions out there as well but they're usually too expensive to recommend for example an nvidia shield android tv player sells for around 250 dollars. if you have a roku player they will allow you to scan local servers and stream the media files in them so you can set up a network hard drive and stream the content to your tv via the roku as well Obviously, you'll need to rip all of this content, and for that, you'll need an extra solution. Something like Freemake Video Converter or Handbrake will do that for you and won't cost you any money, but you will need to find a computer with a DVD drive or buy a drive first. Yeah, good luck
0: with that because none are coming with DVD drives or any kind of optical drive anymore, but maybe you've
1: got one stashed somewhere or you can buy a used one because that's all you really need. You can go to places like Amazon and buy a, a USB uh, optical drive and mm-hmm. probably twenty or thirty bucks, yeah, very
0: true, and for Orlando and anyone else listening that wants to do a similar thing, just know that our show notes are all there for you in case you weren 't able to uh, take shorthand immediately as we were saying it, especially while driving. Just visit intotomorrow.com. dot com look for the show for the weekend of Friday, October the 8th. We always use the Friday dates into every weekend. And there's Orlando's call and our notes. Well, we're in Mississippi. Let's hit up Richard in Hero, Mississippi, listening on Super Talk, Mississippi. Hey, Richard. My Samsung Galaxy Watch just suddenly stopped working. This thing's probably less than a year old. Oh. It acts like it won't charge up. So I think maybe the battery is dead or something's wrong with it like that. Boy, don't you hate when your phone acts like anything, your smartwatch acts like anything that it should be a smartwatch or yeah. but whatever? I mean, that gets confusing. But Richard, your Samsung Galaxy watch should certainly last more than a year. As you probably know, they're expensive devices. Now, the good news here is that they do offer a one-year warranty. So if the watch is refusing to charge, you should contact Samsung as soon as possible and hopefully send it in for repair before that year is up. You can find an authorized service facility to take your watch to by
1: calling Samsung at, cleverly enough, 1-800-SAMSUNG. Yeah, they should be able to guide you as to where to get the watch fixed and confirm that it is still under warranty, though their blanket coverage is one year, so it should be. Uh, we'll also have a link in our show notes at intutomorrow.com to Samsung's wearables support page, where you can find more information as well and put in a request for service. So that link will be at intutomorrow.com Look for the show for October 8th there you go find that at 2021 yes in case you're listening to this in 2023 or something right are we still around or in case you've gone back in time and you're listening to this in 2020 oh that'd be spooky in which case the, the pandemic doesn't really last forever just give it a yeah. little more time yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> a little more time <laughs> hopefully that helps you out richard because you have us curious especially since chris and i both wear
1: galaxy smart watches and so far so good they continue to work mostly yeah, even though I use mine with an iOS, so I don't really get all the stuff that you get. Ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Well, see, if you weren't an iPhoney, you could. Yeah, well, I'll only use an Apple Watch if someone buys it for me.
0: Okay, there you go. So <laughs> basically you're saying if some listener out there with money to burn wants to buy you an Apple Watch, you'll take it and yeah, you'll thank so them on I, the I air? I like the Apple Watches, but I like my money more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good, and good luck with that. Join us at intotomorrow.com anytime.
2: don't keep it.
0: Call eight hundred six one three twenty seven fifteen. That's 800 613 Call now. Remember, when you call in, you win stuff. It really is that easy. Speaking of winning stuff, so Captain Kirk will be in space again as the obnoxious 90-year-old actor William Shatner. And I can say that because I've met him a couple of times, and he is obnoxious. Mm -hmm. Uh, He flies the next Jeff Bozos rocket to become yet another space tourist. Touch the edge of space for a couple of minutes and then come back down. So good luck to him, because... That would have happened by the time you hear this, I think. Yeah. But we like to no, think of... next week. Yes, no. next week. But yeah. we like to think of it as he met you you didn't meet him. Oh, I like that. Yes. Yeah. Let, let's go
1: with that. I think that's a good idea. By the way, Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And this portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. New podcasters may need some help getting everything set up. Blueberry's top-notch support team is ready to help you just like they helped us. Just go to blubrry.com. Oh, yeah. We like them.
0: Rennie in Windsor, Ontario, Canada listens online using TuneIn. Hey,
2: Rennie. I recently bought a new widescreen TV, and it has a number of HDMI inputs, but my Marantz does not have HDMI outputs. So long story short, I did get it to work by using the RGB connections and the sound cable. However, I wanted to connect a backup DVD player, and the LG has only one input for the RGB and RCA inputs that's shared. So I bought a RCA to HDMI cable, but it doesn't recognize the player. Uh, I don't understand why it, it doesn't work.
0: Well, Rennie, HDMI is a digital standard, while RCA is the older analog. You'll need something with some brains, if you will, to convert from one to the other so your device can understand the signal being fed to it. Something
1: with brains, that leaves me out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, So um, just a cable won't work um, if you're trying to convert from RCA to HDMI. Going from the analog RCA to the digital HDMI will require a converter of some kind, usually a small powered box. Um, Unfortunately, if you bought just a cable, that won't be enough to get the job done. Yeah. Uh, But hopefully, we are
0: able to help you out with steering you in the right direction. Speaking of steering you in the right direction, we hope Rennie and everyone else listening subscribes to our free once-a-week tech newsletter. It's very easy to do, and it's got, go figure, tech news. Some hmm thoughts to make you smile. We tell you who's on the show this week. We tell you some of the calls that we're going to address.
1: Uh, we let you know the current prizes. It's really full of cool. Tech news. There's links to the This Week in Tech History video and the weekly tech tip from Beth, all sorts of stuff.
0: And how does one
1: subscribe to this very cool once-a-week-we-don't-spam-you-tech newsletter? Stop by intotomorrow.com. A little white and red box will pop up. Put your email address in. Then click the confirmation email you'll get,
2: and you're in. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7,